and welcome to Now That's What I Call Bullshit, a podcast about the beloved Now compilations. I'm Catherine, this is Dan. Hi everybody. And this week we're going off piste a little bit, we're doing something a little bit different because we don't actually have a very special guest. Our very special guest is each other, isn't it? Yeah, well, we did have a very special guest lined up, but he got COVID. <laughs> Which seems to be just happening all over the place. Absolutely. So we um, we do have a number of really special guests lined up, but it just didn't happen this week. But actually, in some ways, it was a happy accident because we've got something quite interesting to talk about in terms of now that's what I call music because you've just had a birthday, Dan. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. And we're such nerds. <laughs> what did you buy me for my birthday? I bought you a limited edition. Now that's what I call music compilation and it was the yearbook 83 which is kind of fitting because uh for your birthday you got a load of dawson's creek stuff didn't you <laughs> yeah yeah so basically <laughs> we're now living and breathing our podcasts but actually one of the reasons that we that we bought it for you is first of all because it isn't it's a gorgeous vinyl it is translucent red vinyl and it's actually a really gorgeous and obviously we'll post pictures of this so people can see it and it is a limited edition run so they only did a certain amount of it so they did three different versions of this so we'll make it really really clear as I go through what we're doing here there was a limited edition deluxe hardcover book version of CDs there was I think a normal CD compilation and then there was a three LP edition that had far less tracks on it so the CD versions had 80 tracks across four CDs this one that we're going to look at today so this is what we got Dan was 43 tracks across three LPs and that was limited to a 3,000 disc run so it is quite limited in that sense and the and the deluxe far CD collection was 5,000 units so you are actually eventually be one of 3,000 people with this in your life oh Dan. wow yeah How special it is special. So I think that one of the reasons they chose to do this is because it is essentially, I read an article that called it a souped up version of Now One. And it is obviously the year that Now started. So this version was released on the 25th of June, 2021. And it is a new thing for Now. They've obviously done like, Now that's what I call 1983 and they've done different versions, but this is the sort of real special version of it. So it is the first year that Now came out. And looking at it, what do you, what do you make of it? Uh, you know the way hindsight is twenty twenty, and when you look back on something, you go, you know what, this, you know what I should have done in that situation. I think that they've done this is a much better version of, of nineteen eighty three than their original nineteen eighty three. Don't you think? Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, it's you. Well, actually, I have to say, you looked at it when you got it. You unwrapped it. You looked at it, and you went, "This isn't all nineteen eighty three, but it." I it couldn't was. believe all these songs. Yes, I couldn't believe all these songs came out nineteen eighty three. Nineteen eighty. Well, you know the thing about the eighties, right? Everybody thinks of the eighties, and you think of Karma Chameleon, you think of True by Spandau Ballet, but there was so much actually good music that wasn't mainstream pop. Things like the yeah. psychedelic furs, Echo and the Bunnymen, and the eighties was actually a really really great time for for music you know flesh mm-hmm. for lulu all these kind of the rock edge of stuff was was amazing and there's actually some of that on this with like Susie and the banshees public image limited cure new order to a certain extent you know the 80s i think gets pigeonholed as this really sort of happy poppy whitney houston kind of men wearing makeup new romantic vibe when there was actually a lot of really 
kind of great dark music, like Killing Joke, bands like Psychedelic Furs, you know, uh, The Chameleons, things like that, that just didn't really, they kind of charted probably about 40s, 30s, but there was a really rich vein of great, great sort of alternative pop Mm -hmm. rock going on during the 80s. Well, yeah, and I suppose the point is that with now that's what I call music, it is mainstream and I think it's unashamedly mainstream. So while I absolutely hear what you're saying, a lot of that stuff would never have made it onto now without charting quite highly, actually. And I think that 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 now really did cater for a mass market. And I think that there's something really good in that because it's difficult to be everything to everyone. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, and, and I think that it's really difficult to be able to take things like Killing Joke and make them make sense within that mainstream context. And I yeah. also think it sounds a bit sort of like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. And I don't mean it to sound that way. But if you are going to buy Killing Joke, you are going to buy Killing Joke and you are deeply unlikely to buy. Now that's what I call music. Does that make sense? Like the two things probably... Okay mutually exclusive i don't think there's a venn diagram of that i don't think there's much crossover and and if you were gonna buy an now compilation and you wanted to buy killing joke you'd be fine to buy them the two separately does that argument make sense it might not be a massively valid argument but to me i just think that now had its place and its place was specific and actually from what we've seen with these podcasts i don't think we started to move into the fully alternative fully alternative until the 90s Uh, well i tell you what though public image limited's on here with this is not a love song but then i'd be interested to know if they showed up on one of the now compilations early on i doubt it i'm gonna google it john lyden is a massive bell end he's either like he's either just stuck in this weird caricature that's like not aging that well or he's, he's completely insane. Uh, I'm trying to, I think he's probably got men, uh, big mental health issues. Well, let's not make assumptions. Well, I don't know. Like some of the crap he comes out with. And just, just I know people that have played with him and stuff and he refer, refers to himself in the third person. But yeah, he's definitely responsible for some amazing music. And I did do like Public, public Image Limited. I remember at the time not liking them as much as the Sex Pistols because he got together with people that could actually play other instruments. But uh, which, which to me was, uh, was you know like Bob Dylan going electric at the, at the time. But um, yeah. But looking back on some of the stuff, it's just, it's just amazing. Some of the Public Image Limited stuff's great now at this point. I suppose then when we're looking at this, which is essentially purporting to be the best of ma- let's say the best of mainstream 1983. Where are you going with it? Because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I love that song. 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 It's really, really difficult. Do you think that you could single out one or two of the best tracks on this? You see, for me, it's the run on on side B, LP2, Public Public Image Limited, Susie and the Banshees and The Cure. That's my pocket. I also love Blue Monday. As you know, it's my phone ringtone. <laughs> I could take or leave Wham and I know you love him. So I like I feel like I should be a counterfoil. And uh, Sweet Dreams, banger. Is there something I should know? Banger. Karma Chameleon, you know, like it's all right. Oh, true it's by got Stand its place, Band. though. It's a true classic. It is. It is. I mean, the 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 true the ones that you you like that you know the Wham, Eurythmics, Duran Duran, Culture Club, True by Spandau Ballet. Then you've got Temptation by Heaven Seventeen. I've got a love of that as well. I'm a big fan of yeah, Martin Ware. 
Yeah. And his, his podcast and Martin Ware. We really want Martin Ware. Yeah, Martin Ware, podcast. come on. We really want you yeah. to do it now. And now compilation. Yeah, I, You've been on a few. I stalk his um I stalk his podcast weekly. Uh the Keep Feeling Fascination by the Human League, brilliant, hard Jones, Tears for Fears, Thompson Twins, Holby now is amazing. Then you've got this sort of you know, men and men at work down under, safety dance by men without hats. It's all like they're all bangers and total Africa. Like I didn't <gasps> realise I didn't realise that was 1983. I would have said that was about 1978, if you had to ask me. Oh, no, I think I would have said it was a little bit later in the 80s, actually. I don't know whether that says a lot about the way that we operate, but I actually was surprised to see it in 1983. I honestly thought it was late 80s, maybe 1988. I Africa by Toto. I don't think it's the best song on the album because it, it's probably the best song on most albums. But on here, it's not. That's how strong it is. Do you know why I love it so much? It's because you put it on in the car and you sing along to it and you you all try and harmonize and it's a mess and it is so much fun it's probably the song on here that you're most likely to that and total eclipse of the heart are the two that you're most likely to bust out in the song i it would be the yeah t- or maybe gloria <laughs> gloria the europeans oh, yeah. love gloria don't they <laughs> do they it'll it'll be busted out at every sort of, if you're in in somewhere on on holiday it's busted out in the disco and you're like jesus christ like how, how come they still remember this song um but Lionel Richie, you gotta love. Oh, but there's this little interlude that is Lionel Richie and Luther Van Dross and Donna Summer, and you're just like, oh my God, like three absolute, like especially all night long and never too much. Again, genuine classics, like again, the sort of thing you could put any of those on at like a party, at a wedding, and everyone will be up, no matter the age, and everyone will be dancing and singing along. I remember, I teach at a sixth farm, and I remember them doing karaoke and them singing Never Too Much and Lionel Richie, and you know, we're talking about those songs being like well over 30 years old, 35 years old at the time, but people were still singing them. And I just think that that's really interesting. And like, I think it's really interesting that those sort of songs that have massively endured all came from the an identical period in time. Like this, we're talking when you look at the now, like this 1983 yearbook, the amount of massive 80s classics that all happened within that space of 12 months is it's quite alarming just look at one and two of lp3 side b elton john i'm still standing and billy joel uptown girl i know massively banging piano driven absolute killer tunes but even if you don't like those songs you can't deny that they are classics and that people know them and i think that that's one of the things that you can almost use to define classics and one of the things that now consistently does really well not always if you go and listen to the Dawson's Weekly episode about now 99s they don't always get it right but they've got it startlingly right here I, I, I just love that the Love Cats is on there I also love that um, the Stranglers are on there as well yeah but it is I do agree with you it is a hindsight's 2020 in it because you will notice that whenever we go back and we look at the episodes we've done up to now and we sort of break it all down, there is some right shite on there. There is some right shite and they've obviously had the ability to go, okay, almost 40 years later, what defines? And that's quite amazing as well, is that when you sit down, what defines? See, I don't think they would have put Joan Arma trading on in the first instance at all no I, I don't think they would have it but I'm did the cure show up I'm not sure quite possibly no probably not a lot of what the cure did Stone Cold Classics the, the cure have endured you know they're still going like oh, but that's what I mean absolutely our mate still works for them and he got there yeah. you know 
the what's the the one thing about like I'm not sure about Malcolm McLaren having a music career. <laughs> like I don't know I don't know how he like he, he piggybacked off the back of the Sex Pistols and then managed to get a music career of his own where he just sort of did the sample stuff. And the double dutch thing was wasn't that Buffalo girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Yeah, I think so. But it's really, really difficult with this to put your finger on your favourite track. And actually, you'd almost be best to go through each side on each album and go, what's the best song? On... If you had to listen to one of these, if you're on a desert island, let's put okay. desert island discs on it. If you had to listen to one of these over and over and over again. So if you could only take one of these beautiful translucent red LPs with you, which one would it be? I'm talking track. <laughs> the, the track that I'd listen to again and again would be the love cats that would be my top it would be the love cats or africa wow i wouldn't have had you had you down as africa oh um, it's just such a feel-good song if you're on a desert no it's a brilliant track if you if you can only say you've got a record player and and a single that only side and uh, like a, a 45 that only side one side works what's nah. it gonna be the only the only song that you could listen to What's your, yours is going to be Club Tropicana, isn't it? You're imagining it's not, the desert island. I love. Well, <laughs> I, I, that would be quite a good um, a good soundtrack to a desert island. I actually don't think it would. I do love Wham, and I think if it had been maybe Wake Me Up Before You Go Go or I'm Your Man or even Freedom, I might have picked it over a lot of these other tracks. But Club Tropicana, I don't know if it will surprise you, is one of my less favourite Wham songs, as much as I do love it. It could very well for me, and this is a really difficult one, but it could very well for me be Taught the Clips of the Heart. Oh, or at Blue Monday, given that it is my ringtone, I do listen to it every day. I do love Blue Monday. I love Blue Monday. But again, not my favourite New Order song as much as I, I, I love it. I would pick probably Bizarre Love Triangle or Temptation or even Age of Consent over Blue Monday. Or maybe Heaven 17, Temptation, because it is just a pure 80s banger. Like, it is so of its time and it does what it does so, so well. It's a great song-along track. So that one, I, I'm struggling and I would actually prefer to be able to pick a full LP. And my LP, if I had to pick one, would be LP one side A and B. My, I'm L, LP two all the way. This is so difficult. Do you know what? Like last week when we did Dawson's Weekly and I was going, oh, I know how our guests feel, but it really is difficult. And I have to say, though, this is the best compilation we've looked at. And as you pointed out, and we've said it more than once this episode, hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? And you don't have any of that bullshit that often shows up, you know, the last four or five tracks of a, of a season. CD two or of a disc two or of an LP that yeah. that always tend to be like you can tell someone was like I'll give you this if you put this on sort of thing and it's like bang it at the end there or like or one of the like shitter tracks of a really big artists or like a, a shitty boys on track in the 90s where they had to have boys on on there or a shitty ub 40 track that they felt they had to have on there you know that sort of pattern that we're seeing whereas here because they've had so much time to ruminate on it and they've obviously got access to so many different songs and so many different artists that you you get a real classic a real brilliance album but what Although... about I know that, like, it is a classic, but UB40 Red, Red Wine boils my piss. Oh, my, I love it. I think it's horrific. The thing about it I is... Can it why, I can understand why people think it's horrific. I can understand why people think it's horrific. You know, like, 
present <sighs> arms and, and all that stuff and like one in ten and all the early stuff they did was so cool and then they just ended up being this schmaltzy white reggae kind of oh no I can understand that but I do love red red wine and again like I I have to say I've got an 80s playlist which isn't a million Mm -hmm. miles away from this this 83 yearbook that has red red wine on and when it comes on I'll sing along to it and I tell you what we're doing a long car journey in a couple of days sweetheart and red red wine will come on and we'll sing to it do you remember your the, the your dad's mate that I was talking about that likes um Ed Sheeran, because he can hold a guitar and sing with his mouth and thinks that means he likes real music. Not my actual father, though. Can I just clear that no, up? No, no, no. You is... mean a, a generic dad's mate? This, Yeah, this stereotypical, you know, your dad's mate. From, I like that, that reggae because I like UB40. I love reggae. Yeah, you know, you're trying to play him some Uroy or or like, uh, do you know what I mean? Or some Bunny Wheeler. And, and he goes, oh, yeah, I've got I've got this uh, CD about in the garage. Uh, it's reggae. Red, red wines on it by UB40. Great reggae band. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, my uncle plays uh, my, my uncle plays golf with uh, Ali's father in Birmingham. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like obviously enough people liked red, red wine for it to make an appearance on this. I can understand why you don't like it. Like, I can't argue with your like just, summary of it, but I do it's enjoy your auntie it. pissed at a wedding with a glass of red wine. Like dancing beside you. But do you not think there's something amazing about that, though? Oh, no. no, (laughs) So is there anything that you really don't like on here then? Because I think it's difficult. We're not going to be able to pinpoint the best song. So what don't you like? I don't like, I I just don't like Malcolm McLaren as a, I don't don't like the fact that he, he piggybacked a bunch of teenage hopeless idiots and then uh, managed to secure a, a record deal with Virgin himself. Mm-hmm. I think he's a parasite and I think he's not a nice person. So I can't go for the Malcolm McLaren one. I did obviously detest red, red wine, not as a beverage, but as a song. <laughs> Definitely not as a beverage. No. Um, aside from that, you know, it's hard to hate on anything else. I mean, I can always give Genesis a bit of a slagging, needlessly. I genuinely only really like Genesis whenever Peter Gabriel's song. Yeah. I'm not really into Genesis with Phil Collins and, and vocals. Yeah. So in in true now, that, now that's what I call bullshit fashion. Anything that doesn't fit in there? Do you think anything's a bit like what the fuck? I mean, all the stuff that I really like, like Public Image Limited, Susie and the Banshees and The Cure. It's like, all oh, right, okay. So you're now now like what forty years later accepting that this stuff was good that they, they wouldn't have touched with it with a shitty stick no but you can't blame them for that you can understand why they wouldn't have touched it at that point because that's not what they were going for and it, we're talking about 1983 being their first like go around the block their first go at it so it had to be super super populist didn't it it had to be like what did really really well okay put that on what can we get? Okay, put that on. And obviously now it's an institution. Without a doubt, it's an institution at this point. But in 1983, they weren't. And actually, when you you stack it all up, they've got a hell of a lot more power than they did then, without a doubt, which is why they can have all of this stuff. And actually, with the first go around, I wonder to the extent that some of those bands that you're looking at there would have gone, no, you're not having it. I don't think you 2 New Year's Day would have got on there originally. Because no. you two were still just a little Irish band at that point, and they didn't get big until they did Live Aid in about eighty-five. Eighty-five, yeah. Um, don't think Susie and the Banshees would have got a look in. Don't think the Cure would have got a look in. Don't think 
even the Stranglers, though they were a 70s band and quite big, would have got a look in. I, I think that they're, they're the sort of historical revisions that now have made and all the revisions that they've made are a sort of concession to the fact that there was more going on aside from this sort of bubblegummy yes. thing that they did, you know. LP1 is fairly stereotypical of what would have happened aside from maybe New Order. But like Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins and Furley Shoe yeah, was on anyway. It was, yeah. Culture Club. Culture Club was 100% on. I mean, Culture Club was the biggest biggest selling song of that year was was Karma Chameleon. Culture Club's like discover, going to like a Chinese restaurant and discovering there's rice on the menu. Do you know what I mean? It's like same as same as Wham, same as Eurythmics, same as Spandau Ballet. It's just like does exactly what it says in the tin. Thompson Twins, Hard Jones. And I get that, but what you've got to take away from it is how much amazing like classic pop was created in 1983 i think oh yeah think yeah the fact that this is one year yeah you could yeah. bang this you could bang this out as the best of the 80s and people probably wouldn't bat an eyelid to a certain extent yeah exactly yeah you obviously might be you might be missing a couple of biggies you might be missing a frankie goes to hollywood you might be missing you know something else like maybe ultravox or things like that but you could bang it out and go best of the 80s and very few people have got i don't think so yeah and do you know what actually the, the one that i actually like that you would wouldn't expect me to like is the very last song and the whole thing living in the love of the coming people oh, i don't Paul mind Young. that song either yeah yeah it's quite oh, you've nice surprised like... me today darling I don't, I don't mind Paul Young. No, I don't mind Paul Young. Whenever Walkman first came out, I, I was on holiday somewhere and, and there was like uh, bootleg tapes for sale ah. and I bought Paul Young's album and listened to it quite a lot. And I don't mind Luther Vandross because he worked with David Bowie on Young Americans, didn't he? He went to school with uh, David Bowie's guitarist and Luther David Vandross. Bowie's guitarist was like, I've got this kid that can really sing from my uh, class. And he, uh, sorry, but Never Too Much is really, really a great tune. Like that sort of like... It's not a now that's what I call bullshit if you don't sing, to be perfectly honest. Well, he so did the um he did all the backing vocals on Young Americans, Luther Vance. Oh amazing. I never realised that. Because Car- do you know where I find this out? Martin Ware's podcast. <laughs> right. If anyone knows Martin Ware, if you could just give him a nudge and tell him we'd love to have him on. Because honestly, he's on now one. Like we're itching to get Martin Ware on. Um, we're itching to get a few people on actually. We're going to see if we can, um, we can't make it happen. And we'd love to have suggestions of who you want. Yeah, us to like please give us, yes, let us. We've got a few brilliant guests coming up, and it's just finding the time to sort of record them and edit them, and and obviously where we are now, we've got an we are an absolutely fantastic guest lined up this week, and unfortunately the poor poor thing got sick and couldn't do it. So we're really really hoping to do some more with this podcast because it's really enjoyable to do. And actually, I think when we started it, when we we looked at now now the now compilations i don't think we quite realize that the impact they had and the significance of them and and how many people are like i've got a story about her now i feel this way about now i remember i had this disc in my car and i listened to it and listened to it like and even matt chadwick made the comment about one of his experiences with now was having it in his car and actually someone else pointed out as well you know now that's what i call music was spotify and apple music and all those big playlist places before we had those playlists lists and 
and that's quite amazing as well is that they preempted all of that sort of stuff by a good 30 years which is 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 amazing and I think the success of now and the continuing success of now even when Spotify and Apple Music and all those other streamers exist is says a lot about the the strength of the brand actually so we're going to rate it are we going to rate this one I mean I'm going to have to give it a solid nine out of ten I think so as well. I just think I mean, it's a, it's the best one we've looked at. And again, we put the caveat in place. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I'm not going to offer a point for for Red Red Wine and Double Dutch by Malcolm McLaren. And the rest <laughs> of it is fairly, you know, as Lionel Richie would say, I'd listen to it all night long. All, all night. night. Which is on there as well. I mean, I, I, like Lionel Richie's a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, Dad, you know, and I will read, I'm going to go back to Mark Chadwick about there's no such thing as guilty pleasures. You either like it or you don't. And it's a brilliant track. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. And I have to say, if this is the first time you're listening to us, go back and listen to the rest of the episode. So this is episode 10. So it seems a nice sort of round number to do a bit of summing up and to talk a little bit about our experience of now, which I hope we've done, and this brilliant, brilliant compilation, and, you know, go away and stream it, or even buy it, if there's any of these beautiful, beautiful vinyls left. We sound like we're advertising for now at this point, but they are gorgeous, aren't they? Like, really beautiful, like, thick red vinyl. We're buying up some pictures on the socials. Yeah, absolutely. We will be back next week with, with, actually, with a special guest. You can listen to the pilot, and then episodes one and nine with a variety of special guests. We're on our... Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can get hold of us on there if you've got any ideas for who we should interview. Or if you know Martin Ware, this episode should just be titled, Come on, Martin Ware, please. Yeah, or if you feel like you you should be a special guest. Yeah, does anyone feel that they have such strong and deep feelings about now that they want to come on? Because just because you didn't appear on a Now compilation doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion. And as I said earlier, it's what's amazing about Now is that everyone has an experience of it. So if you feel that you've got something to say, get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. So Especially if you're Martin Ware. Particularly if you're Martin Ware. Or actually, I'll throw another one in the mix at this point, Peter Hook. Love to hear from you as well, Hooky. So... With that in mind, we will see you next week. Please do contact us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We hope that you've taken something away from it as a bit of sort of reflection of our last 10 episodes. So until then, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.